So Philippians chapter 2, begin at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto, the, unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's where we'll stop reading right there. Pray for us for just a few minutes. If we had a little thought or something of that nature, it would be in the presence of the King. And we're living in a day today where men don't think they have to answer to anybody. We'll see the sign that says 55, but most of us don't drive that, do we? Or we'll pull up to a red light, and if there's nothing coming either way, we might ease right on out. And it's got to the point today where folks think they can just say anything they want with no repercussions whatsoever. But one day we'll be in the presence of the king. And so we read about a fella over in the Old Testament, and I guess we'll just start with him. You pray for a few minutes. And the fella's name was Mephibosheth. He knew what it was like to be in the presence of a king. As a matter of fact, he was a child of a king. His father was Saul, and his father ruled Israel. And he was the first king, if I'm not mistaken, of Israel. And, but he displeased the Lord, and the Lord rejected him. And it took several years from the way I read it. But eventually, he and his son Jonathan were killed in a battle. And the palace was overran, and the nursemaid grabbed Mephibosheth, and in the rush to get out, she dropped him. And he broke his legs and wasn't able to walk from that point on. And they rushed him off, and the next time we read about him, he was down in a, a dry and a barren land. And... I can just see him there maybe just kind of existing. Nothing much to drink. And nothing, nothing much to eat. And just barely hanging on. Till one day David remembered a promise. King David remembered a promise that he had, let, that he had made to this, to this boy's, to Jonathan. I guess Jonathan was, the, was Mephibosheth's father, if I'm not mistaken. And 
He said, Is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of the Lord, that I may give him a blessing? And the servant Ziba, Saul's servant, spoke up and said, Yeah, there's one. There's one left down there in that dry and barren land, and his name's Mephibosheth. And so he called for the lad to come in, and there he lay helpless, and he couldn't move, and the king gave him a blessing. The king restored everything that he had lost. The king gave him back all the land that Saul had owned in his day as king. The king gave him something to eat. The king gave him a place to sit. The king gave him a place to stay. And we read on down in Mephibosheth's story where Ziba kind of turned on him. And there was a dispute. And Ziba wanted to claim the land for himself. And David went away on a mission. And when he came back, there was Mephibosheth. And he hadn't dressed his feet and he hadn't shaved. <clears throat> and he looked distraught, I guess you'd say. And <clears throat> David, David, in other words, just my way of thinking about it, said, what's the matter with you? And he told what had happened, and he said, as far as I'm concerned, Ziba can have it all as long as I get to be in the king's presence continually. As long as I get to sit at the king's table, I don't care what I have in this life. Just let me sit at your table. It's a privilege and an honor to be in the presence of a king. And I, I've told you this before, I went with one of the boys one time to Washington, D.C., and we got to tour the White House. But the president never made time for me. I didn't get to meet him. I saw the vice president from about as far as away from here to the lake, and he threw up his hand at the crowd, but he wasn't waving to me. But one night a long time ago when I was an eight-year-old boy, I got to be in the presence of the king. I, I, was, I was helpless. I was lost and undone without him. I was on my way to hell and there was no one who could help except for the king, the king of kings, Jesus. I called on him and I made it to the throne room and he had mercy on me and he saved my soul. I'm not going to hell anymore because I was in the presence of the king and he gave me eternal salvation. Now let's go on and, and let's take a look at some other folks. And, and I, I can just see Mephibosheth every time he got to sit down and share a meal. He rejoiced because he was in the presence of the king. Now we read on. There was a time, this same king, David, he had a son named Absalom. And Absalom had a brother, Amnon, I believe was his name. And he also had a half-sister. And the brother Amnon lusted after his sister and he raped her. And it angered Absalom. And so Absalom called for all these brothers to come to a feast. And when they all got there and he gave a certain signal, his men went in and killed Amnon for his transgression that he had done for, for destroying their sister. And, and Absalom fleed because he didn't know what would become because he had killed one of David's sons. And he fled from Jerusalem and left. <laughs> and David never sent for him until the captain of the host, Joab, went 
and had a woman come in and, to, and, and pretend to be a widow and give a story to David. And the crux of the story, the purpose of the story was to get David to realize that he needed to bring his own son back home. And so David sent and told Joab to go and get Absalom and to bring him back in. And Absalom came back to Jerusalem, but he spent two years not in the presence of the king. He spent two years never seeing David's face. It may have been, how long has it been since you've been saved? It's been 40-something for me. How long has it been for you? It may have been 30, may have been 40, may have been 50. How long has it been since you've been in the presence of the king. And I'm not talking about the president or the king of England. I'm talking about the king of kings. He's not going on a journey. His ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. And he'll hear our cry if we've got a broken heart and a contrite spirit. You may have gone a long time and not been in the presence of the king, but you can be in his presence tonight if you call on him and humble your heart. I'm here to tell you he wants to hear from his children. After so long, Absalom went and I believe it was Joab's field that he set on fire just so he could get to be in the presence of the king. There's nothing like it, is there? Christian, how about it? There's nothing like being in the presence of the king. Don sang the song, When he walks among us, all that he does, all of his goodness, all of his love, I have been blessed. Could you say that? I, I tell you what, it was good for me before I ever got up to preach. I could have left before I ever got up to preach and say, I felt God's spirit tonight. It's been good, folks. Why? Because His Spirit came down. The comforter came down. Oh, I believe the Bible says that there's a Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these three agree in one. He's here among us tonight. And you can be in His presence. Oh, I'm here to tell you tonight. He, he welcomes all. He said, come all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. I'm going to take my yoke upon you and learn to be. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Well, preacher, it's hard for me to be a Christian. No, it's not. A way of a transgressor is what's hard if we're moving against him. That's what makes our life hard and miserable. But if we'll be in his presence, if we'll obey him when he calls, if we'll love him and lift up his name, it's easy to be one of his children. All right. In the presence of the king. Remember the wise men. Well, preacher, it's not Christmas. You need to hold off on that until Christmas. Every day is Christmas when you're serving the king. December 25th is just a day on the calendar. We're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus every day. Oh, pray out for just a minute. Sure, that won't be very long. Three wise men came bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And they came before a man named Herod. If you look him up in the history books, before 
the capital H in Herod, there'll be a term that's called king. He was the king in that day and age, I guess, of Israel. And the three wise men came before him and said, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. And you know this story. You know what Herod had to say, don't you? He said, Go and search diligently for him. And when you find him, come and give me word that I may go and worship also. In other words, go and worship, present him your gifts, come back to me, and then I'll go. That was what the king had to say to the three wise men. And they went until they came to a stable in Bethlehem. And when they seen the star, they rejoiced. And they went in and they fell down on their knees. And they gave it the very best they had. Oh, I believe when you're in the presence of the king, there'll be a desire, a longing to give it the best you have. A preacher, I don't have gold. I don't have I don't have birth. I don't have this or that or the other. I don't have a lot of money. I don't have a lot of time. Give it the best you've got and it'll be acceptable unto the king. To the presence of the king. They gave him the best they had. They fell down. Remember that song? I believe I've heard Bobby saying a time or two, I fell on my knees and cried holy. Sometimes I think we ought to get rid of these and get right on into worshiping. We get such a form and a fashion until we let things get in the way of worship. These men fell on their knees. I don't know where they came from. Evidently they had some money. They were wise men. Here's what made them wise, not because they had money. Here's what made them wise, not because of the costume they had on. Here's what made them wise, not because they came from a far country. They were wise because they gave the king of kings the best they had. They were wise because... Even though it inconvenienced them to travel a long ways, they made every step with joy, just waiting to be in the presence of the king. Oh, now we've told you about a meeting they had with an earthly king, Herod. We've told you about a meeting they had with a heavenly king, Jesus. Where did they go? They went home another way. A different way, yeah. rejoicing. Uh, I didn't think about this this now. Yeah. Different way. You may have come in a rugged way. You may have come in on a broken way. Yeah. You may have come in on a rocky way. But when you lay in the presence of the king, you'll go home. Another way, a different way, a way full of joy, a way full of peace, a way that every day is sweeter than the day before just because you got to be in the presence of the king. 
we get our minds filled with volumes of words every day from people that our country, our news media, Hollywood tells us is important. If you want to really know what's important, you need to spend some time in the presence of the king. Well, preacher, where's he at? Lo, I come in the volume of a book, thus it is written of me. Until we see him coming back in the clouds of glory, we can handle him and see until we see him coming back in the clouds of glory, we can feel him on the inside. In the presence of the king. Let me finish this up. All right. Our world is belittled in his presence. Our world is said he don't even exist. Our Bible even talks about them. Where is the promise of his coming? That's what the scoffers had to say. For as it was in the days of our father, the same remains until now. I wish I could quote it exactly for you. People have written him off as a fairy tale. But one day, they'll stand in the presence of the king. Preacher, I want to see Jesus. You will. Preacher, I don't believe in Jesus. You will. Preacher, I'll do what I want to do. You can. And then you'll go to hell. Preacher, I just don't believe in that old religious stuff. I don't believe in that emotional stuff. One day you'll wish you had. I've heard the term of atheist all my life. You know how long got a life? When his son comes back on the clouds, there'll not be another atheist anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> Here's what some men will do in the presence of the king. They'll run to the rocks and the mountains. And beg him to fall on, to hide him from his face. And then there'll be the saints. The angels asked John, said, who are these? John said, Lord, thou knowest. He said, these are they that came up through great trials and tribulations, having their robes washed white in the blood of the Lamb. And I believe it says this, they sing night and day, sing His praises. When we are in the presence of the King for eternity, we'll sing a new song. The angels can't sing. Oh, I don't know what it'll be, Marty. Sometimes I get old... Oh, <laughs> Scratchy throat, frog in my throat, can't sing half the time, miss a note here or there, or you may be one of those folks that just couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. You're going to make the prettiest sound on that day your ears have ever heard if you've been saved by the grace of God when we stand in the presence of the King and sing a new song. I don't know what it'll be. It might be amazing grace. It might be I have been redeemed. I don't know what it'll be. It might be glory, glory, glory. But I do know this. I'm going to sing in the presence of the King.
here's some things I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get tired. I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to preach. <laughs> Preaching days will be over. Here's some things. I'm, how about this, Faye? Here's some things we can do in the presence of the king. I'll tell you one more thing we won't do. We won't cry because he'll wipe every tear away. You know what else we can do? We can shout. Now let me back up on that just a minute. Preacher, when I get to heaven, I'm going to shout. What are you waiting on? The Bible said he'd make us to sit together in heavenly places. I've been privileged a few times to be with you all, to be at rank and to be at roundabout in different churches when the power of God fell and you forgot who you was for a few minutes and tears flowed and people rejoiced and the saints shouted, don't wait till you get there. Enjoy it right now. In the presence of the king. <coughs> we can sing. We can shout. We'll get tired because we have a glorified body. If that doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This mortal will be, go down and put on immortality. Corruption will go down and put on incorruptible. We'll be changed. Changed. This old body, yours may be like mine. You may have a little bit of arthritis going on. You may have diabetes. You may have heart problems. A variety of illnesses and diseases and we won't have them in the presence of the King. Amen. <clears throat> we'll have a glorified body. Used to sing this song up at Round Mountain years ago. I don't really know exactly how heaven will be. I don't know what beauty or what glory I'll see. I don't know what eyes will behold that morning divine. I only know for sure that heaven's really gonna shine. How's that, preacher? Well, let's start with the basis of things. The streets are made of gold that are so transparent. You can see, you can see right through them. Let's go on. The saints will be robed in white. Unless to get right to the core of it, there'll be no need for the sun or the moon to give light for Jesus himself. That's why it's going to shine. The Savior's going to be there. Jesus himself will be the light. Well, preacher, I want to see my mansion. Well, you're aiming for the wrong thing if you want to see that. I just want to see Jesus. Amen. I want to worship him. I want to thank him for saving a wretch like me because the only reason I get to go in aisle is because he had love and mercy and grace. By grace through faith, 
you're saved, not of yourselves, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God. I can thank Him Woo-hoo! for His unspeakable gift. We're going to need a mansion for We're going to eat off the king's table continually. You're going to have a glorified body on everywhere else you're going to have to lay down. Why not just stay in his presence and worship him forever and ever and ever? You know what that is? That's this old flesh talking. I want to say this, and I'll hush. I want to thank the Lord because he's allowed us to continue to have service. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Yeah. We've continued to have preaching and singing, testimonies and shouting, Sunday school. Maybe it ain't exactly like we want to do it, but God's let us do what we're doing. And I just want to thank you. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I've heard a lot of preachers, all they want to do is rebuke. And occasionally, and I'm just going to tell you, it breaks my heart to do it. I'd rather just about these deacons take me out back and whip me as to have to preach a rebuking message because I love you and I don't want to see you hurt. I don't want to see you heartbroken. But sometimes the Lord comes by and it's a necessity. But I like it when he'll let me exhort for this little while. So I want to exhort you tonight, Dutch Bottoms. I'm so proud of you that we use the King James Version Bible. Yeah. I'm so proud of you that that's what we want taught in our Sunday school classes. I'm proud that our children get to hear the Word of God read every Sunday morning. I'm proud that we use that as the basis for all that we do. And I'm going to be bold enough to make this statement as long as we stay with, live by, read, and stand on the King James Version Bible, there'll be a church at best models. We see the picture. They have him, and I can't tell you what he looked like. I didn't. I didn't live in that age. The pictures indicate that he had longer hair, maybe some whiskers. We can read where they plucked his whiskers. Maybe he was a thin man. I don't know what he looked like, but I've heard his voice. I'll just have to admit to you, there have been times I've been like Absalom, where I went a long spell and wasn't in his presence. Have you ever been there? You don't have to be. We read about, I believe her name was Esther, 
And the king that she served during that time, you couldn't even go in to where he was at. Unless he extended the scepter. Honey, we got a king that says, come on in. I never will forget, and I'll be done here to stop. I never will forget when I first graduated UT, I had my degree, passed all the tests, had a license and everything, and was looking for a teaching position. And I went to my home county that I'd been raised in school in, and I couldn't even get in to see the superintendent at that time. Couldn't even get an appointment. I knew him. He lived just about three or four miles from me, but I couldn't get in. Then I went up here to Cock County and the fellow that was the superintendent of schools at that time, I'd never been in the building up there before. I said, I'd like to see the superintendent and talk to him about a job. And they said, he's right back there. I go right on in. He didn't know who I was. I had very little to offer him. But he sat down and took the time to talk to me and get to know me. And it wasn't but about three weeks after that meeting I had a job. I had nothing to offer the King of Kings. My family was poor. And don't you feel sorry for me because of that? We might not have had money. We had a whole lot of love. We might not have had the biggest home in Jefferson County or Cock County, but we bowed around a little four-stack heater every night and everybody prayed. I heard my mom and dad pray for me. I wouldn't give a million dollars. And I tell you what I would give, I'd give every dime I had to be the devil and buy that four-stack heater one more time and hear my mom and dad pray. Oh, folks, yeah, we were poor. I didn't know what Nike tennis shoes was. I didn't know what they felt like. Because Bob bought mine at the pick and pay. We didn't go to McDonald's. I didn't know what a McDonald's hamburger tasted like until I was old enough to get a job and buy one for myself. You know what she did, Gene? We'd go to the Christmas parade out in Morristown, hard by the side of the road, and she'd make hamburgers on the stove, and she'd wrap them up in tinfoil, and we'd park and eat her hamburgers, and she'd made it home right there on the side of the road. Don't you feel sorry for me, because I wouldn't give anything. I wish all children could have been raised the way me and my sister was raised. Folks, I'm telling you, you know what? You know how many times, Morty Coster, I was in the presence of the king because my parents valued that more than anything. We never missed a church service. When church was up, when church was down, but everybody loved everybody, and when folks wouldn't really get along that well, it didn't matter. We went anyway because they longed to be in the presence of the king. Amen. Amen. That's it. Amen. I'm about to get political. You know why folks can ride in the streets, break and steal, 
kids can show up with automatic weapons and stuff because they don't know the value of being in the presence of the king. They need to spend some time around those four stack heaters. Let me tell you something. Now, preacher, you just met one now. We had guns in the house all my life. I knew what would happen to me if I went and got one. I just didn't concern me because shooting somebody was something that never crossed my mind. I was taught to love people. That's what this world needs. You know what our well, preacher, we'll have an election in a, in a few weeks here. And we elect us a new president or we'll re-elect the one we got. Whether it's the same one we got or whether it's a new one, it's not going to make a whole lot of difference until our country gets into the presence of the king. Amen. You know what our president needs to do? Democrat, Republican, whoever it is. He needs to do what the king of Nineveh did. <laughs> he needs to call for a fast. He needs to call for our country to get down in sackcloth and ashes. He needs to call for our country to forget all this foolishness and get down on our knees until the king appears on the scene. God had intended to destroy their people if they didn't believe and one king following the king of kings told these people to repent and it changed God's mind and he repented of the evil that he was going to do to those people. Now, before you go away, <coughs> thank you, God was just going to wipe out all those people in Nineveh. He didn't want to, but he was going to. He didn't want to, and I preached this not long ago, and Faye helped me with some scripture on it. He didn't want to because he made a way when his servant said no. He made a way when his servant said no that the gospel could get to Nineveh anyway. Yeah. He took a backslid preacher and helped get him right so that 120,000 people could be saved. Yeah. Right. It don't take Hollywood to turn our world around. Don't take Washington, D.C. to turn our world around. The turn can start right here in Newport, Tennessee on a Wednesday night when we celebrate getting to be in the presence of the King. Did you know this church can change the world if we just celebrate being in the presence of the King? Satan's really fighting. He's fighting this church. He is. You know it and I know it. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you, just like I preached to you Sunday, about Gideon, I'm on a thresh wheat anyway. 
Until he comes and I get to be in his presence, I'm going to fresh wheat anyway. Folks, I know the Bible calls us pilgrims and strangers, but we're a peculiar people. And get this next line. A royal priesthood. What kind of priesthood? Now, all, all different religions have priests, don't they? But we're special. We're part of a royal priesthood. Next line, a chosen generation. We're children of the king. There should be evidence in how we walk, talk, listen. Amen? Does it not say be slow to hear, be swift to hear, and slow to speak? Sometimes we just don't open up our ears. There are things that people are hurting with, and we just don't take time to hear them. We need to have evidence in our life that we've been in the presence of the King. Now let me give you one more. Remember what Moses prayed for? He prayed that he would see the Lord, didn't he? He wanted to see God. And the Lord told him that he couldn't see him and live. So he put him in the cleft of the rock and put his hand over him as he passed by. And as he passed by, Moses got to see just his hinder parts. And when he came down and the children of Israel looked on Moses, his countenance was so bright that the children of Israel couldn't look on him. How am I looking? Mine's not that bright. How's yours? I believe when we've been in the presence of the king, people are to be able to look at us and tell Remember Peter? When he denied Christ, we've all been in his shoes, so we can't judge him. But you know what the maid had to say about Peter? Your speech doth betray you. I've heard that talk before. I know where that's come from. That's come from the king. With a heart man believed unto righteousness, with a mouth confession is made unto salvation. Our lives need to have evidence that we've been in the presence of the King. If we say we're going that way, we need to have evidence that shows we're on our way. All right. In the presence of the King.